0: Welcome to Sex and the Suburbs, the podcast for moms to talk about sex. I'm Caitlin McGreis, founder of Be Her Village, and along with me is Heather Simonson, sex therapist and owner of Sea change Holistic Wellness Center. This podcast is about all the things that don't get talked about. Sex, motherhood, parenting, relationships, and everything in between. It's like a (laughs) metronome. Hey Heather,
1: what are we talking about today? We are talking. Is that gonna no, going to keep going? No, yeah, let me. Make oh, it, okay, <laughs> I I okay. Let's, I was let's stop. start over again. Like, Three, I, I might two, be distracted. One. What are we talking about today, Heather? Today we are talking about how to love your body after birth. Mm. <laughs> we have to figure out how to love it before birth, too. <laughs> also, that's... <laughs> But I think something that's really common is that even as we're growing in pregnancy, I see it all the time that people have a really hard time in connecting with their bodies and Mm -hmm. embracing their growth. Mm -hmm. And then afterwards how things have changed and there might be stretch marks and sagging and... What it does to their vulvas. I was going to say, this is a sex
0: podcast, so it's not just like, love your body, body positivity, which I love all of that good stuff. We're going to specifically talk about vulvas and vaginas and vaginal tears and stitches and scar tissue and pain and fear. I'm just describing my own experience at this point, (laughs) but I'm hoping that we're going to touch on all of that because... I feel like as a mother and as a doula and as someone who works with mothers, like, the word vaginal tear is, or the phrase vaginal tear, is one of the worst phrases. Like, I'm imagining the people listening to this are having, like, a gut reaction. Like, there's something changing in their body as they hear those words. Those are awful, awful words. Yeah. And maybe we should find new words for it. <laughs> or maybe we should just find out how to not do it so much. Um, but it's, it's something many, 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 many people who give birth deal with. Some have a little bit and some are really disabled by a full blown tear. And for anyone who's listening, doesn't know there's degrees of tears for second, third, fourth. And, um, yeah, I think it's like, if we're going to talk about body love and sex, We have to talk about vaginal tearing.
1: We have to talk about vaginal tearing.
0: Yeah. All right. So where do we even start? Where do we start? How do you... How do you... Let's start with vaginal tearing. (laughs) It's just... Oh, God. We have to find a better way to phrase that. But like, how do you... I'm going to start with just what I always do, which is just sharing my own experience. And then we can go from there. Sounds good. I had... Because it's the only thing I can speak to, right? I had um, a second degree vaginal tear with my second birth, which was my VBAC birth. And what that basically means is, and I don't know specifically, but what that basically means is that the skin was involved, the muscles were involved of the perineum and the vagina, but not um, the rectum, the anus, or anything of the anal sphincter. So um, so it's pretty common, I think, to have a first and a second degree tear. I didn't know this until I was a doula, but you actually, um, they take stats, New York State collects uh, stats on third and fourth degree tears. So if there's a third or a fourth degree tear at the birth, the midwife or the doctor has to report it to the state.
1: And what's the intention of that?
0: Probably just having an idea of, I mean, I think it's a good thing. I think it's like my guess. Risk I don't management, know. I would think. I think they just want to see like, because a third or a fourth degree tear is damage. It's not something that's going to heal on Are its own. Are you able to
1: speak to the differences between not in, not from a medical
0: point because i don't have that experience but i can um, or that training but i can speak as a doula i just know that the so third degree tear involves the uh, anal sphincter but it's not completely through oh
1: my god but the goodness. fourth
0: degree tear is literally from your vaginal opening through to your anus it's it's a very bad big damaging thing that takes months and months and months of healing and restoring and it's it's not something you want and it is something that people experience. So, I think that there's um there is some normalcy, right, of of tearing
1: or having injury to your tissues because injury was the word I was thinking of by the of tearing. way. Vol yeah. vul- vol vul- vul- injuries. Yeah. Tearing. Right? Cuz is it really is it horrific. I guess it can be In the vagina, right? But Yes. Oh, there's all different kinds of... Kinds
0: of tears. There's like suco? I don't know. But there's... You can tear in the inside of the vagina. And then you can tear the perineum. You can tear... Tear. You can have injury to your labia. I think injury is the way to go. Injury. Because tear is awful. Sounds like you're ripping paper. Anyway. um, So, I think that there is a normal range of injury. And I have seen women who are like birthing in the water completely unassisted there's a midwife there but nobody's touching her nobody's forcing her and she's easing her baby out and there's just sometimes you just have a big baby sometimes babies have a hand by their face which kind of like expands their diameter to get out um so it's okay and normal sometimes but i think the third and fourth degree is like just something has gone wrong something has not uh happened correctly but regardless of your injury and your recovery, it's, I think it's just like scary to have sex after giving birth and giving birth both ways. Cause I had a C-section with my first and I was terrified to have sex afterwards. And I had a vaginal injury or vulvo, vulvo injury, perennial injury with my second also scared. And my third, I had sex after five weeks. We had sex two times by my six week postpartum visit um so I guess I was less scared for that one <laughs> well you had experience yeah yeah so how do we for someone who's um postpartum and sitting there with their newborn and a husband that's as my husband and I like to joke barking up the tree you or know? a partner right we're a partner I'm sorry that's yes, I'm okay making it about me yes <laughs> Um, somebody who has a partner who's quote unquote barking up the tree and starting to feel, um, a little antsy about becoming intimate again, but who has been through, even if it's a quote unquote normal birth, like there's trauma just in the act of birth, right? So how do we, how do we get back in touch with our bodies? What would you, how would you counsel someone who's sitting here saying, I just had, a, you know, a vet, oh, an injury and stitches and my my doctor says I'm okay to go, but I'm really nervous and, you know, and it hurt the one time we tried to do it. Like, how, where do we go from there?
1: I, I, a bunch of things come to mind. Okay, I think the first thing that comes to mind is that regardless of whether or not your doctor tells you that you're good to go, if you don't feel ready for that yet there are many other ways to be sexual and to be connected with your partner that don't necessarily involve penetration and so i think that we can kind of expand our horizons a bit and what pleasure looks like and what connection looks like and even like what the quote unquote word having sex looks like it doesn't have to involve that and so i think we to some degree need to feel, have a sense of readiness, right? And some people might never really feel ready. And then that's like a whole different ball game. But so I wouldn't let that necessarily pressure anybody and feeling like, okay, it's the six weeks. All right, we got to get going. Like if you still feel like you're healing or you are feeling disconnected to your body or there are things that you can definitely do. And I think that one thing is to be able, is acceptance. I mean, it sounds so simple. Mm, it does, right? It like, does sound simple. and it's not easy. It's no. not an e. It's it is not an easy thing to do at all. But I think accepting that our bodies have gone through this, I'm going to use the word sea change.
0: Hey, hey right?
1: <laughs> but that's what it is—a transformation as large as the sea. Like that's what happens. Yes, it is a transformation as large as the sea. Can we have?
0: A, like a T-shirt with that on it. That I, is exactly what
1: it is. <laughs> yes, in fact, I just I got prices it. for them this Woo-hoo! week. <laughs> <laughs> Coming
0: soon to, a, Coming to soon. a website near you. Exactly. Oh, I love it. Bibs, onesies, T-shirts, and
1: all. large and see. all. Yes, that's well. That's what sea change means. Yeah. And so that's why I named the place sea change right? Because that's all what we're about. And so, but that's isn't that literally what pregnancy is? Mm-hmm. Not even forgetting about just birth and parenting. But just the transformation that our bodies go through Mm -hmm. is literally a sea change. Even if you
0: take out the emotional and the like daily day in and day out, like literally just segment what your
1: body goes through and that is like a
0: lifetime of change it in is one day
1: and some people really year. embrace it and you'll find it really beautiful i am, one I am totally one of those people i, <laughs> I mean i love... am but like for myself i was like yeah oh, no so and I'm some leaking, people don't and
0: it hurts and all the things I hurt, get it. all the things are leaking everything is lumpy what it and and i haven't slept it was really difficult I'm, I'm sorry grateful. you went through that. I know. It's okay. I mean, that's why I'm here. That's why
1: we're here. But it's, it's talk also about it. like, I'm glad that there are people that embrace things. <laughs> like, I what? loved being pregnant. I, re- I mean, there were definitely difficult things about it, but I absolutely loved it. But not everybody does. People have a really difficult time, time and their bodies changing and it, their, the expansion of their bodies, especially when we're in a culture mm. of like... That we should be constantly shrinking ourselves, yeah, right. And here we are, like the natural way of pregnancy is for us to expand. And And I talk about and to take up more space. And I talk about that in my classes fairly often. Of like, we need to be embracing this. We Mm -hmm. are. We are literally. Like an incubator. We're creating another human life. Like, it's the most incredible gift. Mind blowing. I've been in this work for,
0: I've been a mother for eight years. I've been in this work for six plus years. Every birth I attend, I am just like C section or vaginal, although the vaginal is like spectacularly, you know, miraculous. Like you created a whole
1: human being with your genitals. Yes, you did. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that's ridiculous. It's the it's uh, that's why when I do puberty workshops, I it's called puberty pride, and I tell them exactly yeah. what it means. That your body is now changing in a way that enables you to one day, if you choose, to have a baby, Amazing. and that is like a superpower. Beyond, I mean, beyond right. And I yeah. know that this is might be hard for people who maybe have a difficult time conceiving to hear these kinds of things right but that's you know what the intention is of our body and it doesn't mean also that we all have to have babies if you
0: choose like that's that's the only way to have a baby or that that's to have a baby biologically there's lots to be celebrated and yet we can't let that take away from the fact that it is insane that our are that emails. our bodies are capable
1: <laughs> Do of doing Creating, this, right? And so when we think about this body after birth, mm. i uh, that's one thing that I've used for myself. It's one thing that I've counseled my clients on of like, think about like every stretch mark. And I have plenty of them, right? Or your belly looking a certain way and, and different than it did before. Mm. Or your vulva looking a certain way or even your vagina feeling differently mm, in sex. Yeah. Can we like get into
0: the like real nitty gritty of that because Yes. I feel like that's what I would want to hear if I was listening to this podcast, you know, like I love all the like bigger themes, but also like it felt really different for me. It did. Oh my god. So how so? S- so can you say? Oh, I can t- say in detail. Are you ready? You're going to take notes.
1: So <laughs> <laughs> It's being recorded. I don't I have know. To. I know. <laughs>
0: broadcast publicly this is great um so I had a c-section with my first which you would think like would make vaginal sex afterwards fine you know but first of all there was tons of fear just because like my whole body had gone through this whole major abdominal surgery just changes and surgery and there was also and this is like kind of attached to my thought right now is like there was also this new function for my body. Like before it was just my body and, and mm. I used it for sex, but then suddenly it was like breastfeeding. So the idea of like switching into sex mode was weird um, for me. It, it was something that was new to have to like switch between, toggle between nurturing and parenting and feeding this little human versus pleasuring and deriving pleasure from it. Um, but I actually, I remember there there was just dryness. It just hurt. Right. It it didn't hurt like pain. There wasn't muscular pain. It was like, it just felt like, and I don't want to be too graphic, but I do also want to get my point across. Like, it felt like when he was inside of me, like, not sandpaper, but it was like, it just wasn't like gooey and lubey and slippery and slidey and and easy the way it had always been. And it kind of didn't matter how much foreplay or how much lube, like it just felt different. And... I am the type of person, and this is kind of why I'm doing Beer Village and all the things I'm doing now. I'm the type of person. I didn't have someone to ask about that. I didn't have right a sex therapist. I didn't have this podcast. I didn't have a best friend to like. Hey, this is really weird. What you know? And so I just powered through it. And sex was kind of a chore, but it was something. You know, it just didn't feel good. And my husband and I communicated a lot about it and he tried to go slow when he needed to go slow like we were very communicative about it and I'm grateful that I have that relationship with him where we you know he was going slow with me and and always feeling awful about if he was making me uncomfortable um but I just kind of powered through and then at the way I figured out what was actually going on was that at 10 months postpartum with my first I ovulated for the first time and I knew that I ovulated because my husband and I had sex and it like felt like before. It was like, oh my God, it's pre-baby sex. It was like, oh, it was just so good again. It was just, it was slippery, you know? And and then I got my period, my first postpartum period two weeks after that. And I, I recognized and realized later, only later, that I... I think the cause of all that was because I was breastfeeding and it like made these changes in hormones that that caused that Absolutely. condition. Absolutely. But I didn't like I was in tons of breastfeeding groups. I was in mom groups. Nobody was talking about sex. Nobody was talking about that. Well, neither does really change. your
1: OBGYN unless oh, they're asking or your yeah. I don't know about midwives. I didn't have a midwife if they really talk about that. But my midwife didn't didn't talk about it, right? Yeah. They talk they ask you about your birth control. Yes, they did that. Right. So at least we've That's got that. usually that. But they yeah. don't ask about pelvic floor help. She did <laughs> or... ask
0: if I had sex at our six week appointment. This was my home birth midwife, and I said, Well, we've had sex twice so far. And she was like, Check. She checked off whatever <laughs> that was on her form. But for my first, my midwives, I think I might have told you the story in a different podcast, but my first, my midwives um, didn't read the midwife group that I was at. They didn't read my form. So at my two week post-surgery check they're supposed to look at my scar and instead she did a cervical exam and like jammed herself up there and was like I can't reach your cervix she was all the way and I was like in so much pain I was like oh oh." and she was like oh you had a c-section and I was like yeah did you not read my chart she was awful I mean the whole group was awful oh no it's part of the horrors of the first one but no I don't think midwives are talking about it in the sense of like, does it feel good?
1: No, you know, I don't that's think people are having these conversations. Practices need sex therapists or sexuality educators in every practice, and I, I know, know and some people it, who, right? yes, we, we do are. Something like that, Heather, like I, training all the birth workers. I, it's my plan, okay, good. You let me know in what in you need. Plan. I'm in, I'm in. You can come to it for all the Be Her Village providers. That would be that's amazing, Caitlin. We, we definitely need it, and I know some professionals who work. Within practices, and it's very successful because I know they don't really have the time to get into all of this. Stuff. And I understand that, or the
0: training necessarily. What if someone says, Oh, well, sex hurts? Then it's like, Oh,
1: okay, sorry. You know, they don't necessarily have nope. the tools. Right, and a lot of and one of the things when you ask me, like, what can we be doing about this? Mm-hmm. Like, yes, one of those things is acceptance and kind of being in awe of what our bodies have just done mm-hmm. and and every stretch mark, every scar, every even twinge of discomfort that somebody has of just reminder like it's there because your body did something amazing, and mm-hmm. like kind of just honoring that so but then the other piece, and the second thing that came to mind was seeing a physical therapist Mm. for two things Mm -hmm. one is for your pelvic floor health because a lot of people wind up with uh some type of maybe pelvic floor dysfunction which is going to affect libido it's going to affect how it feels Mm -hmm. it's going it can be painful and even especially if if you've had a traumatic birth right all of the contractions of like the muscles of like there's just so many things and also and I know we're not talking necessarily about like the body image overall but yeah. so many women wind up having diastasis. Yes. And OBGYNs and again my, my 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 I didn't have a midwife but like I don't think they really assess for things like that. No. They don't talk about pain. They don't no. and even if there is something they might get diagnosed with something like you know, dysprunia or vulvodynia or like something along those lines. But then like, what do they do with that? Right? right. And so it's rare that someone will be referred to a pelvic floor physical therapist. And it should be routine. I routine. just want to point out Six that
0: week visits, everyone many see have pelvic floor dysfunction. But even if this is what I've learned in my conversations with all of the amazing pelvic floor therapists that we work with is that even if you don't have dysfunction, your pelvic floor needs restoration yes. and recovery.
1: Yes, rejuvenation.
0: Because birth is, I don't want to say it's tragic, but it's an event. No matter how you give birth, pregnancy is an event. And we need several different types of recovery. And that's where your six-week visit is not, it's the end-all, be-all. It's not even the beginning. We need hands-on and and people surrounding us, we need sex therapy, we need pelvic floor therapy, we need postpartum dual... I mean, we could go into what we need, but we need a whole lot more than just a 15-minute visit with an OB that does a vaginal exam and tells you to to go on your way and see you next year for your pap smear. Like, that is... Failing
1: women. It is exactly failing failing women. women. And that's why I really think we need to be advocating and educating and doing whatever we need to do to make this part of every birthing woman's Mm -hmm. postpartum care. Like you go for your six week checkup. Like go see a pelvic floor therapist. Mm -hmm. It's not going to hurt. I mean you may not like feel good but it's not any worse than going to an OBGYN or a midwife to go get examined. It's like the same kind of thing and like you should get assessed. And then you have all these women who might have some type of dysfunction, whether it's a hypertonic pelvic floor or a hypotonic pelvic floor, who are then peeing on themselves, which who feels sexy when they're peeing on themselves? Just like, a very that's small, a factor, A right? very small segment of the population, probably. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just like, it, I, I mean, when I don't do my exercises that I know I need to do, and yeah. we're not talking about just Kegels, right? Because that's just a very superficial exercise. Absolutely. We're talking about full three layered pelvic floor muscle exercises like it still might happen to me and then like that's that's not sexy it doesn't make me feel sexy it doesn't make me feel like I want to get intimate with my partner it makes me feel like I need to go take a shower before every single time like Mm -hmm. it's so uh, it's one little piece of the puzzle here but it's a real factor and many women deal with incontinence Mm -hmm. whether it's because of the tearing right Right? Or even if it's just pelvic floor dysfunction. Dysfunction, definitely.
0: Yeah. So when we have someone who is nervous or has tried having sex and it's uncomfortable, what are the things that they can do in addition to pelvic floor work and sex therapy and reaching out to their midwives and OBs and trying to get medical answers? What are the things that they can do at home with their partners or at home by themselves? Like what What is our like, hey, go try this or I don't know. I guess I just want to like, how do we reacquaint ourselves wow. with our body? Because I feel like there's a learning curve. There's a whole new person. There's a whole new, there's a whole new person being the baby, but like your body is so different. How do we move forward even with pain or even without pain, but just a ton of trepidation? How do we
1: kind of like feel into ourselves a little bit? I think two things come to mind. Okay. One is... Get a mirror, <laughs> open it up, All right, and look. I mean, like, really look at yourself. Look at all of its parts. Look at the hair, if you have any. Look at your clitoris. Look at the layers. We should be doing that like
0: before birth, and just anyone who's listening, a hundred percent. And
1: I'm going to be totally honest. Yeah. And, and I haven't shared tons of personal stuff, not for any reason other than just I haven't, but I will. And you know, eight, I, My youngest is ten years old, and I'm not going to lie and tell you that it was a long time before I actually. I I was afraid to look. I was. I really felt kind of disconnected because it was. I wouldn't say a traumatic birth although I think Jackie my doula would have said that it was because I did have some bleeding and the doctor kind of left me hanging there bleeding and went to another birth and I was like there with my legs open and whatever and so like she was mortified and wanted to like lodge a complaint and everything like that. Jackie Levine? Jackie Levine. She was your
0: doula? yeah i did not
1: know that i her. you, did it.
0: She, you, you I, didn't you know not know you were connected to her i didn't know she was your doula
1: she's my doula she's uh, the one who designed my logo i know, I know. she's I have, the inspiration for this place and i'm getting the sign made for the studio yeah, in her name
0: i have um something she made for annabelle she hand did for annabelle she, hanging in her room we still have ours. boys too we have we still have ours ella still has hers up
1: in her room. Annabelle
0: May. It's like something about skipping through her garden. I don't
1: know. I'm gonna take a Pure picture Jackie. of mine. I'm gonna send it to you. Okay. I, same. She. I'm gonna start to cry, but I'm gonna Sorry. try not to. Okay. So, um, yes, Jackie Levine, and she, and so it again. Like I don't feel traumatized by it, but like it could have very well gone that way. But um, I felt really disconnected to my vulva. At the time, and I just shared that I still deal with some incontinence sometimes, especially if I'm not keeping up with my exercises. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I don't feel the same way about even my genitals even now. And so, I would say, like, within this past year, was probably the first time that I actually taken a mirror myself mm. and looked. And you know, my first thought was like, "Wow, that's not so bad." That was, I have to be. I, I love. Literally, that was, your response. That that was, was literally. Was I was like. Oh wow! Like it's a lot of
0: hoopla about this thing that's actually not so scary
1: looking. It's not so. It's not as bad as I had made it out to be. Like, yeah. and it reminds me of the vagina monologues which I used to perform with an amazing I did group. Too. You did in college.
0: Yes. I did. I we talk about Orgasm
1: that? on stage. Oh in front my god! Of my I did that one too. Parents
0: and boyfriend and brother and yeah. Oh, we did not talk about that, but I
1: love that we're discovering we are that gonna talk live about on that. the air yes. about the vagina. Monologues. We, did, I did it for years with a traveling troupe. I love them and miss all of them. Are my vagina ladies? So, um, but like I felt like they one of the monologues described it as like this deep, dark, dingy place, mm-hmm. and like that's to be honest, and I'm admitting this even as a, as a sex therapist, like that's kind of how I felt. And yep. when I looked in the mirror, I was like, oh, it's kind of pretty like it kind of looks like the George O'Keefe things and like the pictures that I show my clients and like the, you know, and I was like, oh, it's not, it's not so bad. And so like, so that's really one thing. And, and to notice it, that the changes, if you have looked at it, if you've never looked at it before, you have to know that there's no one right way. I think that's another problem that we have in Mm -hmm. how we feel about our body image in particular to our genitalia, right? Is that, Where do we learn about sex from? Various places. Many people learn about it from porn. And so, right? And I'm not knocking porn. It can have a good positive place in somebody's life. But we get this image that it's supposed to look a certain way, right? Mm -hmm. And I used the word rejuvenation before. And there are these places that do this, like vaginal rejuvenation and do surgery and like all these things, which I, you know, I'm not going to judge about it. But again, acceptance, right? And so, but we are all supposed to look different just like everything else about us. Every vulva looks different. And I think that that's a really important piece to what we're talking about Mm -hmm. to know that we're not supposed to look one way, right? Our labia are all different shapes and sizes. The coloring is all different shapes and sizes. Like it's supposed to look different. And I think if we can kind of – imprint that in our brains a little bit, then maybe we'll have some more acceptance and love for the way that we look. I love it.
0: Um, I'm looking up. I know you're seeing me look at my phone. I couldn't remember the name of it. There is an Instagram account I've been following for years. It's called the vulva gallery.
1: and it's Literally,
0: you can just like scroll through it if you want while we're sitting here. It's literally just somebody who gets pictures of people's vulvas and just draws them and paints them and it's so cool because it's first of all it's actually quite beautiful but it also just shows exactly what you just said there's so many ways for a vulva to look there's no one right way or wrong way it's beautiful it's amazing and they do like the the copy the text that goes along with the posts are very empowering and positive and all that um so I did a similar thing with my vulva after my second birth where I had torn, I had an injury (laughs) and I had stitches and I just remember the reason why I was, I felt called to look is because I felt the amount of pain that I was experiencing. It was, it was short lived and very um, like hyper local versus my C-section, which was like extended and kind of my whole middle of my body. So this was just hyper focused my perineum, but I just felt like things were going horribly wrong down there. It just felt injured. It felt painful when I wasn't taking, you know, the ibuprofen, and so I just felt called to like look down there. And what I found was similar to you. And this was like a week postpartum with a vaginal injury wow, or that's a vaginal injury. It was very brave. That's very brave. But I didn't regret good it for you. My reaction was actually, wow, that looks super normal. And fine. And it was reassuring to me because I think I was in a lot of pain and it just the whole area just felt like Holy shit, a baby just came out of me, you know, it just felt a little overwhelming. And instead, it just looked the way I it has like, it's not like I've never looked. It's just looked the way it has always looked. And it didn't look torn apart and it didn't look injured. All the stitches were inside. It was all folded in really nicely. It looked completely normal. And it was surprisingly reassuring to me because I I didn't it didn't match how I was feeling, but it, it helped me feel like, okay, this is gonna be okay.
1: See, this I wish I had well. done it ten years ago. Which yeah. I didn't, which is a terrible thing for me to say that I didn't do it's it for myself. Truth. But yeah. You know, but this is why we learn and share with other. That's people right. That you should love. That's right, because I mean, I never really thought that I felt that badly about it. It was just like kind of this thought or feeling, I guess, in the back of my mind. And so, mm-hmm. but we should, we should postpartum, we should. We should teach our girls to do that. Mm-hmm. In fact, I remember. I going to teach my daughter so many things. Oh, she I. She re- has no idea what's going on. I coming. remember <laughs> when my daughter did it. We had gone to an OB appointment for my son, and she came with me. And she, I, I walked in the house, and she was in the living room, and she was there with a mirror. And she was pretending that she was like at the doctor's office with oh. her like feet in stirrups or whatever. And then she must have. Pretended that she had, like, 50 babies with her baby dolls for, like, the next, I don't even know, three months or something like that. Mm -hmm. It was the cutest thing. But I was so unbelievably proud of her. We totally validated her. We just had to tell her that she needed to do it in privacy Mm -hmm. in her own bedroom and not in the living room. So that's always a thing to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. What was I just going to say?
0: Oh, so I was... I want to just push this little assignment that we have or the suggestion of an assignment to go and get a mirror and get some private time and look... But I also want to encourage people to touch. Well, that was going to be okay, my second good. thing. Go for it. We
1: are so connected today. We didn't talk about any
0: of this, everyone, by the way. We did <laughs> we not. Just, we but
1: just, that just, was, I said, there were going to be two things, yes. right? The first one was to look, and yes. the second one is self-pleasure, yeah. right? Like, if you're trepidatious about getting back with your partner and... and figure it out on your own. Just do it on your own and yes. be gentle and loving and, like... It doesn't even have to be, like, your fingering or going inside no, or anything. Just, there's you can lots literally, to do outside. <laughs> you, you can li- there's lots to do outside, but you can literally even just take your the palm of your hand and just yeah. place it right over your vulva and kind of, like, hold yourself mm. and just breathe, which is honestly a very beautiful practice. Like, it mm-hmm. can bring people to tears of, like, just that safety and lovingness of, like, it doesn't even have to be about sex. It's just, like... You're kind of on, or, and I'm like sitting here cupping my hand <laughs> as I'm doing it, not that anyone else can see me, right? But like, it's just, it's like a very beautiful thing to do, and um, and I think that that's just one way to, even if it's like, I mean, I'm, I I do Reiki, so like even if it's like you're just sending your, that space, like love and light and healing mm-hmm. and like all the good stuff in the world, especially after this incredible thing that it just did, mm-hmm. right? And so, and then just explore, see what kinds of, you know, pressure feels good or what kind of modalities of touch feels good. Mm. Some people like using their fingernails or their fingertips. Some people don't. Some people like, you know, one finger, two fingers, no fingers, uh, uh, the heel of your hands. Like, I mean, people do all sorts of different things. So, like, just explore, breathe, take your time, and don't even necessarily make it about the orgasm, right, right? which we've talked about also yes. in, in one of our podcasts, and I'm sure we'll talk much more about those too. Oh, of course. Um, but, like, don't make it about that. Just make it about learning what your body feels like and accepting your body for exactly where it's at. And kind of, again, being in awe of its capabilities. And mm-hmm. so that's part of the problem with our societies that we have goal-oriented sex, whether it's self-pleasure or yeah. partnered sex, that it becomes about this big O. Mm-hmm. And even though, who doesn't want one? Of course. But there's so many other things that we can be exploring and en- enjoying. It. And we need to become embodied. And so whether it's through that or... To be honest, you know, not off topic, but like exercise, fitness, like doing anything else that's just embodied is going to help you reconnect Mm -hmm. in that way. Absolutely. I also just want to add in and
0: maybe you can speak to this a little bit. That while you have your mirror, because all of that sounds like a lot of fun to be honest with you. <laughs> but while you have your mirror, I think there's this idea that like the male physical body like changes significantly and the female body doesn't upon arousal. But I feel like you can mm, while you're playing, nice like notice lips. if it's redder or plumper or like just notice So look
1: and touch at the same time. Yeah. I mean, we
0: can multitask for moms. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that's what we do.
0: I could probably answer an email
1: while I do that. Oh, good. OK. Let's, <laughs> let's keep it a mindful practice. OK. Nobody email me. No email. No phones. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, I just,
0: I think it's like all part of the learning. Like, not just learning what she looks like. Or, you know, that's what I would,
1: I always refer to her. I like do, too. She,
0: OK. She doesn't have a name or anything. She's just she.
1: Which naming it is also very good. And exactly. Tantra, we call it a yoni.
0: Yoni, yes. I've heard of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My um, a friend of my husband's is a lesbian and her and her wife had uh, their first baby and they called him Yonatan and they call him Yoni. And <laughs> when I found out that Yoni is also a vagina, I texted them and they were like, we know that now. We didn't know that. Well, we need oh, to they did really? How
1: perfect is that? <laughs> That is interesting. I love it. I want to meet them.
0: Okay. (laughs) (laughs) We'll make that happen.
1: So, yeah, so looking at the same time, I think that's a really excellent, excellent point, Caitlin, of like being able to look at the different changes in your genitalia as you become aroused. That's brilliant. Cool. That's what I'm here for. So, that's our homework. (laughs) All right. I like
0: that homework. I like that a lot. I'm gonna do it. Me too. So what? Just like a regular, like a makeup mirror, like a handheld, like a something you can.
1: I mean, if it's that small, I mean, I would suggest probably some, you know if you have something bigger okay. only because if you are I don't know touching. What I do, that's why
0: I'm just like thinking.
1: Whatever you have. Use whatever you have. If you have something larger, so that you can kind of play and see right, at the same time, right? Because otherwise, you're gonna be like having to sit up to see it or say, something have, like
0: that. Can they? Can we like squat over it, or it's best to be laying back in your bed?
1: I think whatever most is comfortable okay. for you. And I think that there might I'm be a layer. also. I'm also a liar, <laughs> and um, you know, I've used like my makeup mirror, okay, which could be interesting because that also has like like the magnifier on Oh, it. my
0: lord. <laughs> <laughs> I am sexually open, but I don't know if I need a magnifier.
1: It's really, but you're talking about like seeing real changes, yeah. right? So it could Ooh. be, it's, it's, I'm just I don't saying, know that any of my body parts need magnifier. Oh, they all do. (laughs) They all do. So, and that also, like, has a stand. So, like, if you have Mm -hmm. something like that, then you don't have to hold it. And they usually angle. I mean, you can go out and get them for Bed Bath & Beyond for 30 bucks or whatever it is. Or Amazon, I guess, these days. Yeah. Right? Um, But anything that you have, it will will suffice. But, you know, anything that you can do that's Mm hands-free would be even that much better. Perfect. And I'm sure you can use pillows and things to also prop it so you don't actually have to hold it also. I love right? That. Yeah. This is really
0: good. All right, so everyone out there in podcast land who's listening to this report back to us email us caitlin at com. heather at com. is it it's H-W-C, hwc yeah yep. heather at H-W-C. 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 dot that's it or tag us if you're brave and willing to share tag be us brave on instagram and facebook join the be Her village for the mama's mom group that we have our facebook group and just like let us know because i'm so curious to hear how this goes for everyone Excellent. Thank you so much for listening. And Heather, thank you so much for having this amazing ongoing conversation. Thanks, Caitlin. Thank you,
1: everyone. All right. See you next time. Bye.